Hello and welcome to Assurance in Action, Intertech's podcast that discusses key assurance trends and topics. Today, we have a special recording from our friends at Intertech Building and Construction. They're going to talk about performance tests for building products. Please enjoy. Welcome to Intertech's Building and Construction podcast, where we discuss all things related to Intertech's total quality assurance offerings to the building products and construction world through our assurance, testing, inspection, and certification offerings. I'm Sean Donovan with Donovan and Associates, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. We're excited to have Vanu Abraham as our guest today. Vanu is Vice President of Products for Intertech's Building and Construction Business Line, and we'll be discussing the performance tests that building products go through each day at Intertech and the importance of having the proper tests done to provide building product manufacturers that their products are fit for purpose. Welcome, Vanu. I know you have a very extensive background in the building products industry, but for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little about your background and your current role with Intertech? Yeah, Sean, it's uh, obviously a pleasure to be here with you today. And once again, thanks for the opportunity to talk a little bit about what we do. Um, so I've been with, uh, I've been in this industry for 31 years, believe it or not. I guess I got old in the industry. Doesn't feel like 31 years because it's the greatest job I've ever had. I've been with Intertech for 28 of those 31 years and really have have played a lot of different roles. I mean, I started out as, as a worker bee in the lab, you know, driving forklifts, running tests, uh, cutting up samples, setting up tests, etc. Obviously earned my engineering degree, kind of moved more into a test engineer for the organization and then kind of figured out that I was reasonably good at managing sites. And so then I started running one site, which then grew to three sites. Um, and along the way, dipped my toe in a little bit of sales, a little bit of business development. And, uh, you know, as I look back on a 31 year journey, you know, today I, I look after essentially the products business for Intertech's building and construction business line. And so there's roughly 25 ish locations that fall into into my area of oversight that really cover all of North America, uh, but it's a, it's been a fun ride. Awesome. Well, great great for that uh, that insight. And so let's kind of get into this whole testing uh, part of this. And so I understand there's three broad types of testing, right? There's mm -hmm. component or small scale testing. Mm -hmm. There's assembly or system testing, and then there's field testing. Mm -hmm. Can you provide kind of an overview for our audience and kind of explain uh, how they differ? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really, when you think of us, when you think of Intertech, when you think of this market that we serve, Sean, we can we can kind of take a customer from soup to nuts. Okay, we can start from the raw ingredients that are going to go into their products and making sure that these are the right raw ingredients. Um, and we can do materials tests, property tests, all types of individual component tests through taking these raw ingredients, putting them into assemblies that then become building materials that go inside the buildings we live in, on the outsides of the buildings we live in, and take a look at how the assembly itself is performing. So it's a lot of different products coming in to make a window or a curtain wall or a wall system or a roof system. Uh, and then the equally cool part about Intertech is we don't just stop in the lab, right? Because the lab is is what I call the, the wedding, right? It's a perfect controlled environment. The clients are bringing their best people with the best materials, and you're going to try to see if this thing will work. We actually go a step further. We can follow that product now into the field, and we can follow it through shipping. We can follow it through installation. 
We can follow it through inspection of the installation and then ultimately field validation testing to make sure that when it's all said and done, our client's products have ended up in the building owner's hands and this thing is actually going to perform as intended, as expected, as right, designed. Right. So the value for the manufacturer is that assurance pretty much from where you start with the testing all the way through to actually going into the into the field. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think it's safe to say Intertech takes a lot of pride in having built a business organically and through acquisition that is a one-stop shop. And there's a reason we want to be a one-stop shop because we believe for our customers having to trace and chase eight to 10 providers to figure out, you know, hey, does this get along with that component? Does that component get along with this assembly? It's, it's, it's quite a complicated maze that our clients have to go through. And so we've, we've prided ourselves in building a team that allows our customers through one call to access people that can help them from, hey, I need to source my aluminum if I just take a window. I need to source my aluminum from China, but the glass is coming out of Europe. The, the gaskets with the current global supply chain crisis are coming out of South America, right. and it's all got to get built in Georgia. Okay, well, I mean, if you're the window guy, you just want to sell a window. And having to keep up with all those moving parts is daunting. And so we try to be the one firm that can help solve that, connect all that, and be a trusted advisor to our customers to kind of say, yeah, this marriage is going to work so you can actually sell your product. Yeah, and I would have to think one of the big value propositions is that consultation part of it, as opposed to just doing the testing for, for them. It is, because look, at the end of the day, um, anybody can test, right? right? And, and as we get further into this conversation, I'll talk a little bit about what differentiates us from being just a testing house. But in the intro, you mentioned assurance, testing, inspection, certification. Right. And that's revolutionary in our industry. Until seven years ago, Everyone tested, everyone inspected, and everyone certified. These are the big boys, right? Airtech, Bureau Veritas, SGS, etc. Um, but we pivoted about seven, eight years ago and said, look, our customers need more than a testing house. They need more than an inspection house. They need more than a certification house. They need somebody that's in the cockpit helping fly the plane, looking at the same instruments, and having the ability to see what's around the clouds that you can't see today. And that's this whole concept of assurance, right? Because we, look, anybody can be your, your supplier. We don't want to be a supplier. We want to be a partner. We want to be somebody that's in the cockpit with you, flying the plane with full skin in the game, right? And, and, and so, yeah, we take a lot of pride in that. It hasn't come easily right. uh, because, frankly, you know, I'm an engineer, right? And, and, and in engineering world, Everything is black and white. And assurance is very great because you're having to look at the challenges that are out there, look at the available components, assembly systems, and figure out how to, how to navigate with the bucket of parts you have and get the buildings built that need built in the time that our customers needed to be built by. Right, right. Uh, that's great. Um, so... Let me go here. What, what are some of the most common issues with the various types of testing? You know, we talk about everything you guys do and kind of that whole package, if you will. But yeah. what are some of the common issues that, that you see? Look, at the end of the day, you know, there's a reason we test. Um, and again, I'm going to pick on engineers because I'm an engineer first. Um, design only gets you so far. You know, it all looks good on paper. A lot of bright people have looked at it. A lot of bright people have studied it from a lot of different angles. 
but you don't really know what's going to happen until you put the whole soup together and you see if this is really going to do what it's supposed to do. And so probably the biggest um, challenge I think our customers see when they get into the lab environment is things that might have been overlooked in design become very quickly exposed. You know, you might have taken a type of sealant and, and used it to hold something to a piece of metal or a piece of stone that might have had a coating on it that wasn't compatible with the sealant. So on the surface, it looks like they ought to get along. But for whatever reason, whenever they painted whatever that surface was, the paint they used had a slightly different raw ingredient in it that doesn't get along with your sealant. Looks fine to the naked eye, right? but when you're subjecting it to 180 mile an hour winds or a driving rainstorm, pretty easy to expose a weak link, right? So that, that's one of the things we see. Um, not paying the proper attention to proper installation, Sean, causes lots of problems. You know, the devil is always in the details. You could have the world's best design and it could be installed by the world's best installer. But if they didn't really pay attention to how things went in, you know, were the right tolerances there, were the right cleaners used to prep surfaces for critical seals, etc., um, that will rear its head during testing. The testing environment is a very unforgiving environment. Uh, you know, and 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 we stress with our customers, right? We get paid to call balls and strikes. That's never lost on us. But when we watch a product go through testing, you know, we're kind of hoping like our customers that, hey, we did all our homework. This is going to go as planned. And you kind of cross your fingers and, you know, there's just that moment right. where it's like, is it really going to work out? Right. And unfortunately, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong pretty quick. And usually it's pretty destructive and you kind of have to go back to the drawing board, reevaluate. And so, yeah, improper installation um, can drive a lot of problems that we see. Incompatibility in materials can drive a lot of uh, problems in what we see. I think th those would be two big takeaways. Yeah, you know, it makes me think uh, when you do work with a manufacturer that has different components in a product. Yeah. Do you see these manufacturers bringing in some of the other manufacturers of the component products? Is there, is there, do they work together in some way, or are they kind of on their own when they're testing with you guys? With Look, we, we always, so the, my rule of thumb, Sean, is I always tell our customers, when you're bringing something through for testing, it doesn't cost you anything to have all, the, all your stakeholders that helped you come up right. with that assembly have an opinion on what you're about to do. You know, you should share your design with them and welcome that input because it's a complicated enough industry that that having divergent viewpoints is actually better for the customer. Right. OK. Some of our customers heed that advice. Um, some don't. Some just say, you know what, I can figure this out on my own. You know, I've, I've, I've done online research. I've seen what my competitors have produced. Uh, I know my product. I know what it's capable of doing. And so I'm just going to wing it on my own. And sometimes that works, okay? Right. But most of the time it doesn't. And usually when we start, and what we try to do is, I make it very much my point not to point fingers at anyone. Because the way I look at it is, if we try to run a test, okay, it's like, you know, it's like if you've watched uh, Olympics and you've seen uh, uh, pole vaulters, right? You see the guy coming down or the lady coming down with the pole and they have a bar they have to scale. When they come off the ground, everyone's hoping that they go over the bar. And if they clip it in any way, they don't, right? And then you start the analysis to figure out what happened. 
And in most cases, when you analyze what's going on, it was just the fact that the right input wasn't sought to figure out if some of these cutting edge technologies really would work well together. Right. You, right. you, you, you follow what I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Back in the day, you know, I was involved with a lot of the window testing for the hurricane market. And, you know, you had the glass, you had the silicone, you had the mm -hmm. metal. I mean, you had multiple components. Mm -hmm. And the failure point could be, well, obviously, the weakest link out of any of those. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was really important for us always to have the silicone manufacturer mm -hmm. there because they knew their product better than we did. Mm -hmm. but, you know, we got the metal people in. And so that's kind of where that question came from. Yeah. If that today is still kind of a prevalent part of the testing process. It, it, it is. And I think, I think some of our customers struggle with it because if they make one of the ingredients that goes into whatever the system is, you know, their belief is I shouldn't be responsible for the rest of it. Right. Okay. Well, I, I get that viewpoint um, as an individual component supplier, but you got to remember at the end of the day, the end user is buying performance of some element that's going into a building. And it's the entire assembly that has to perform all as one. You know, whether it's fire resistance, blast resistance, ballistics, hurricane, tornado, everyday air, water, energy performance, everyday thunderstorm performance. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when I'm at home, when you're at home, Sean, you're kind of counting on Mother Nature staying on the outside and your conditioned air staying on the inside. And you don't really want to, you know, you're not, you don't feel any better if the guy who made the glass says my glass is perfect, but the whole piece of glass fell That's out right. of the door. That's right. That's a problem. Right. Right. And so, and, and so that, that is tough for customers to understand, um, which is why we spend a fair bit of time asking the question, right? Because a lot of times, you know, the question you have to ask, and I spend a lot of time training customers and internally, just because somebody asked you for a test is not a reason to do a test, okay? I always answer that question, hey, Vanu, I need to run an ASTM E84 fire test. Or, hey, Vanu, I need to run a, uh, you know, TAS 114 weathering test. Great. I'm glad you need to do that, Sean. Where are you trying to go with this test, right? Is there an authority having jurisdiction that's asking you for verification of evidence? Did you pass it? Do you need some type of an approval so you can sell into a given market? Are you trying to cross an international boundary and you believe that the boundary you're moving into has some requirement and this is what that... And so usually if you start asking those questions beyond just what they needed, I need this test, you can quickly uncover what really needs to be done for the customer to gain market access. Because there's a couple of things that's driving this. Obviously, our current coming out of COVID-19 with the weakness that was exposed in the global supply chain, there's a shortage of everything everywhere all day long, right. which, I, which in my belief, in my opinion, is a great opportunity for anybody in this, in this business because the one thing we do in times of great demand is you have to ramp up supply. So we have customers coming out of the woodworks all over the world that are trying to get into every single market, right? And so you have to condition yourself not to just give a person a price to run a test and then run a test without understanding where they're trying to go with the data, you know, because that will drive the real decision on what needs to be tested, right? If they need an approval, there's a whole laundry list of things that need to be done. They need a code compliance research report. Okay, there's a whole set of steps that have to happen in order for that to be accomplished. And you're better off asking that question. Right, right. And I have to believe the residual of that is you start building 
customer loyalty, if you will, because they see that you have the best interest rather than just collecting the money to have the test done. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Sean, how did I get to 31 years in this? Intertech's obviously been added a lot longer than that, over 130 years. It's because we took the long view, right? right. We're, we're in it for the long haul. I mean, look, if you just need a fastback bug test, I'm not your guy. I'll give you the name of four of my competitors and you can go talk to them. Right. Because what will end up happening is you'll run that be highly dissatisfied with how the whole thing went, and then you'll come back. But once you come back, you're never going to leave. Mm -hmm. And so we've always prided ourselves in kind of taking the long view and trying to march in our customers' footsteps and understand where they're trying to go. Right. So, so Vanu, what, what products need to be tested, and what are the most common products that you see uh, tested here at Intertech? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, I can give you kind of a, a short, cute answer, right? And the cute answer is any material that goes anywhere on the walls, roofs, floors of a building needs testing of some kind. Right, right. And 99% of that Intertech does. Um, so if you just start to visualize that a building, you know, the combination of the walls, the doors, the windows, the roof, and the floor, that forms the envelope of the building, mm -hmm. right? And that's really what has to do the job of separating the elements from the space that we occupy, right? I mean, that's been mankind's greatest pursuit is shelter, right? Right. And so we're in the shelter compliance business, right? You know, you, you want to be able to live in your house with good air quality, with, you know, no risk of mold or water penetration, all the negative things that come with that, you know, fire safe environment, etc. with some confidence. And as a total quality assurance provider, that's what we do, right? We're, 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 we're that independent group that is verifying that all these systems are fit for purpose, you know, and, and we get paid to call balls and strikes. And a lot of times they're you know, we have to deliver bad news because it either A, didn't perform right. or it missed the mark just barely. Doesn't matter. The mark was set. We didn't come up with the mark. The industry did. Right. You follow what I'm getting at? I mean, probably the biggest things we get into, obviously, all types of roofing materials, all right. types of insulation materials, you know, anything fire related, whether it's fire resistant assemblies, whether it's material performance to fire as a, you know, on its own. So right. membranes, coatings, whatever. Uh, we are talking commercial and residential. You all, see what, all commercial, that. residential, institutional, industrial. You know, the, the thing we've all figured out, and certainly COVID-19, I think, highlighted this even more, is the need to think about buildings as being more than just the walls, the roof, and the floor. You now have to think about indoor air quality. Right. You now have to think about occupant safety. You know, you have to think about you know, transmission of aerosolized particles, you know. And so I think that's just generally what our industry is going to do is buildings are going to get smarter and smarter. They're going to get healthier and healthier. Right, right. Um, and so as that goes, all these performance validations or claims have to be validated, right? And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't cute in what I said initially, um, all the components that go on the walls, the roofs, the floor, mm -hmm. and, the, and the ceilings of buildings, we can test. And we can right. test it for material properties. We can test it for hurricane resistance, anything fire-related, ballistic performance, blast performance, thermal performance, mm -hmm. 
acoustic performance. Uh, I'm building near an airport. I'm building near an urban right, downtown, right. high high density downtown area. I want to be able to sleep at night. Um, you know, what can you do to help me with that? So yeah, the, the sky's the limit. Yeah. On and and what we normally tell our customers, Sean, is look, if you need something tested, there's a there's a very high confidence we can do it. And the flip side of that is, if we can't, we're going to tell you. And right. then, and then we'll also try to help you figure out who can, you know, because we believe that we serve an industry, you know, we'd love the entire industry to be ours, but we understand we have competition, uh, but we like to be good stewards of the industry. And so whether we can do the service or not, certainly if we can, we put as much effort into getting you to somebody who can, as we would trying to land you as a customer. Right, right. Let's jump a little bit. You, you'd mentioned indoor air quality and, uh, how does that tie into, you know, sustainability is a big deal these days. And uh, it sounds like that would kind of tie into that. Is that, how, how are you guys addressing that, uh, the sustainability uh, issue? That Yeah, so, I mean, great question. Obviously, sustainability, Sean, is, 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 is kind of a demand of the next generation today, right? All of our kids are looking at us and kind of going, what the heck have you guys been doing all this time? And how do we guarantee the planet for another 100 or 200 or 300 years? Right. And, you know, that's an issue and an initiative that touches more than just us in the testing business, more than just us in the building and construction business line. It touches all of Intertech. And, and, and we're, we're developing, you know, because we have been innovators from the word go. And the reason we're in the spaces and in the industries we are today is because a customer came to us and asked us a question. Hey, I got this need. Can you help me figure it out? And the easy answer would have been, no, we can't do that. You know, you got to call somebody else. But we've never done that. We've always rolled our sleeves up and said, yeah, we don't have an answer today, but we're going to help you figure it out. And that's how we've grown into all these adjacent industries that we're in. I mean, sustainability is a big deal. It's the future. You know, we're already seeing it in, 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 in from our building products manufacturers. You know, they're all thinking about, right. you know, what's the end of life for this product? What's the life cycle assessment? Um, you know, how do we make our material more sustainable? How do we make it more environmentally friendly? How do we make it less dependent on shipping great distances? Um, so absolutely, that's something Intertech is, is in there. I mean, do we have it all figured out? No, we don't. Um, will we have it figured out in time? Absolutely, we will. That's great. Well, listen, I feel like we could, we could talk for hours about this stuff. I know you can. Thank you for sharing a lot of this great information on testing. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to share uh, regarding Intertech? Just in closing, uh, Sean, and we covered certainly a lot, you know, look, to me, maybe three or four minor, you know, closing bullets, if you took anything out of the conversation today. You know, number one is, you know, when Intertech got into the space, we certainly had to make a choice, okay, where we're going to have one kind of big location that all our customers came to? Or were we going to have just smaller regional offices in every market that our customer is in? And we took the latter, right? And that's the reason we have as many brick and mortar labs as we do, you know, scattered all over the United States, good parts of Canada, into China, growing into Europe, growing into the UAE, um, et cetera, is because we want to be as local a player for you as we can, even though we're a global provider, right? And so we have this kind of grammatically incorrect word that we use that says we're global. And there's a reason we're global. It's because we want to be local to you as much as we can. Right. That's the first one. Okay. Okay. Second one is, you know, people people always look at me when I say this. Look, at the end of the day is what you got to remember. A single test 
is usually worth a thousand opinions. The rubber hits the road on the test. Everybody, all your smart people right. that designed everything can tell you everything is going to be great. But you're really not going to know till you put it to the test. Right. And so, and we're in the testing business, right? So just remember that, right? Third one is testing usually exposes any weakness in the system, you know? And it's not a personal thing. Frankly, you want to test because as a product owner, product designer, product purchaser, product user, you want some confidence that the thing is going to work when, when, when it needs to work. You know, I drove right. to the office today and, you know, in the steering wheel of my car was a little initial that said airbag. I'm hoping that the manufacturer of the car tested the airbag so that when I need it, that's right, it actually right. works. I'd hate to hear that the auto manufacturer kind of designed it and all the designers signed off on it, but no one actually tried to hit the car right. to see if the thing would go off, right? And so... Testing is beneficial for that reason. You know, it, it, it mitigates risk. It provides a lot of confidence in the design. Uh, and it also shows you where your flaws and weaknesses are in the design. And more importantly, it tells you how much extra capacity the product has because a lot of times our customers are testing to code minimum, right? Which is great. Remember, the building code is only the minimum. That's right. But then we normally encourage our customers, hey, push it a little bit, you know? How much extra fuel do you have in the tank than just the minimum? Mm -hmm. Because that gives you a competitive advantage, right? right? And the final one, you know, as I said earlier, is we want to walk in our customers' shoes. We don't ever want to be looking at them, looking at them struggle. That is not who we are. We want to be in their shoes with them, feeling their pain, understanding what they're trying to meet, what time constraints they're under, what money constraints they're under what performance constraints they're under, and then we're going to do our part to help them solve that. So that, those would be probably my biggest takeaways from our conversation today. Great. Awesome. Fanu, thanks again. Yeah. Uh, and that will conclude our uh, Building and Construction podcast by Intertech, and we hope to see you for the next one. Thank you for listening. Please follow us and like us on Twitter and LinkedIn, links to which are in the description of this podcast. Thank you and have a great day.